one out, bottom of the sixth. Fly ball, deep to left field. Coles going back. Goodbye, baseball. A 1-1 tie and a home run to left field by Gary Sheffield. His first home run in the major leagues. And that's the first base hit of the night for the Milwaukee Brewers. And his first hit as a big leaguer. He's a guy that's got all the tags on him as a potential superstar. And sometimes when guys are built up like that in the minor leagues or as a young player, they carry a heavy burden. And he makes the fans here get on their feet. Seventh Mets down by a run. And he drives one deep down the left field line. Hit it toward the corner. And it's out of here. Gary Sheffield with his 500th career home run. His first as a New York Met. And the Mets have tied the game at 4-4. Four and four. Gary Sheffield, his first hit as a Met, puts him in the 500 home run club, the 25th player to reach the five. Infield hit in an RBI in the seventh inning. And he hammers that one. Wow, that one is going to fly way back. Two run home run for Sheffield. And those are the fastballs right there that you have to be careful with with Sheffield. That 88 to 90 range out over the plate. He can still get to him. His third base hit. There it is. That's the pitch that he can still turn on. The average fastball out away from him. No doubt about that one. Sheffield's 10th homer. Gary Sheffield, who had one of the best batting stances of all time. Seriously, I used to mimic his batting stance growing up as a kid. Played 22 seasons with the Milwaukee Brewers. San Diego Padres, Florida Marlins, Los Angeles Dodgers, Atlanta Braves, New York Yankees, Detroit Tigers, and the New York Mets. In his career, Sheffield's lifetime batting average is 292 with 509 home runs and 1,676 RBIs. In an era full of Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Tony Gwynn, and others, Sheffield was one of the most popular players in the league. However, he is not in the MLB Hall of Fame. Why is that? Welcome to Kenny the Sports Guy Podcast. Sheffield's career speaks for itself. As I previously alluded to earlier, his 500 home runs alone should qualify him to be in the Hall of Fame. Yet, he isn't. Why? Well, before I answer this question, a backstory is needed. The Beginning Born in Tampa, Florida on November 18, 1968, Sheffield lived with his uncle, New York Mets legend Doc Gooden. Growing up, Gooden and Sheffield occasionally played baseball and learned to hit a fastball from Gooden. All those practices paid off as Sheffield developed into a great hitter in the Little Leagues. However, there was one problem. He had a bit of a temper. One game in the big leagues, Sheffield was late to practice and his coach benched him as punishment. Sheffield didn't like that. 
as he reportedly picked up a bat and chased his coach all over the field. That resulted in a year-long suspension for Sheffield. When Sheffield was 11, he was selected to the Belmont Heights Little League All-Stars, which included future Chicago Cubs number one pick Ty Griffin and future major leaguer Dirk Bell. High School Days in 1983, Sheffield attended Hillsboro High School, where he eventually joined the varsity baseball team as a pitcher and a third baseman. As a pitcher, his fastball reached the upper 80s, and as a batter, he had 550 home runs and was named the Gatorade National Player of the Year in 1986. The MLB Arrival With the sixth pick in the 1986 MLB Draft, the Milwaukee Brewers selected Gary Sheffield. In an interview, Sheffield stated that if he wasn't drafted in the first round, he would have played college baseball at the University of Miami. Once he was drafted, he was shipped off to the Pioneer League where he batted 365 and 75 RBIs. Originally, Sheffield was penciled in as a shortstop but struggled in a position, committing so many errors that the team decided to switch it to another position. In 1987, he was sent to Stockton of the Class A California League, but his defense improved and he even produced at the plate. His batting average went below 300, but he led the league in RBIs with 103, and at the end of the year, he was voted the Brewers' best prospect. In his third season, he went from double-A to the majors. In 134 games for the El Paso Diablos and Denver, he batted 327 with 28 home runs and 118 RBIs. The debut with the Milwaukee Brewers. On September 3rd, 1988, Sheffield made his MLB debut against the Detroit Tigers as a pinch hitter. After that, he got off to a strong start as he hit his first career home run against Mark Langston. In that year, Sheffield hit four home runs in 24 games. After the decline in play and several injuries, he found himself competing with Bill Spires in a race for the starting shortstop. At the end of the 1989 season, he batted 247 with 5 home runs and 32 RBIs. In 1990, he started to work under Don Baylor, who has been hired as their hitting coach. While his offense improved, there were issues with Sheffield in the clubhouse, thus leading to the trade with the Padres. Both Sheffield and the Brewers had enough. On March 26, 1992, the Brewers traded Sheffield to the Padres for Ricky Bones, Jose Valentin, and Matt Misicki. During the 1992 season, Sheffield faced his uncle for the first time on May 12, 1992, and getting one hit and three at-bats. Sheffield's 1992 campaign was actually his breakout season, hitting 33 home runs with a 330 average and 100 RBIs and contended for the league's triple crown and made his first All-Star game. In addition, he won his first and only National League batting title. However, in his second season with the Padres, he started the season well, hitting 10 home runs, but... The trade to the Marlins. In a shocking turn of events, on June 24, 1993, the Padres traded Sheffield midseason to the Florida Marlins for Jose Martinez, Andreas Bruman, and a little-known player known as Trevor Hoffman. Spoiler, Hoffman is second all-time in career saves and a Hall of Famer in 2018. 
Sheffield hit 10 home runs for the Marlins that year and made his second straight All-Star game. As a reward, the Marlins gave Sheffield a four-year deal that made him the highest paid third baseman in the league at the time. In 1996, Sheffield hit 42 home runs and made another All-Star game. In 1997, Sheffield led the Marlins to the first World Series championship in franchise history. However, after the World Series win, the fire sale for the Marlins began, so the trade to the Los Angeles Dodgers. On May 14, 1988, the Marlins traded Sheffield along with Manuel Barrios, Charles Johnson, Bobby Bonilla, and Jim Erishrick to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Mike Piazza and Tazio. In three and a half seasons, Sheffield hit 129 home runs and made a name for himself in Los Angeles. However, he demanded a trade stating that the Dodgers were not spending their money wisely. The trade to the Braves, Yankees, and end of career. The Dodgers sent Sheffield to the Braves for Brian Jordan, Odalis Perez, and Andrew Brown. He spent two seasons with the Braves hitting 64 home runs and knocking in 216 RBIs, including 132 in 2003. After two seasons with the Braves, he became a free agent for the first time in his long career. The Yankees came calling and signed Sheffield to a three-year $39 million deal. During the time, the Yankees had a lineup of JT Chiambi, Derek Jeter, and Alex Rodriguez. On April 14, 2005, a Red Sox fan leaned over the railing at Fenway Park and distracted Sheffield as he was going to field a ball hit by Jason Veritek. After Sheffield took a swing at him with his glove, he threw the ball back into the infield and then got into a verbal altercation with the fan. Fan interference was not called, resulting in a game-time RBI triple with Veritek. The fan, a long-time season ticket holder, was not ejected for Fenway Park, but he donated his remaining 2005 season tickets to charity in an effort to avoid any controversy for the remainder of the season. Sheffield was fined for the incident. Charges were dismissed against both the fan and Sheffield. After the 2006 season, the Yankees traded away Sheffield to the Detroit Tigers for minor league pitchers Humberto Sanchez, Kevin Whelan, and Anthony Claggett. After the trade, Sheffield agreed to a two-year $28 million extension. He was released by the Tigers in 2009. His final team was the New York Mets, where he hit his 500 career home run. He retired in 2010, ending a 22-year career. So, why Sheffield isn't in the Hall of Fame? There are several reasons why Garrett Sheffield, despite his strong offensive career, has not yet been inducted into the MLB Hall of Fame. Reason number one, performance enhancing drugs. While never testing positive for PED, Sheffield was named in the Mitchell Report, which linked him to steroid use. This association, despite his claims of unintentional use, has caused many voters to hesitate based on their personal stance on PEDs and their impact on the game. Second reason, defensive roles. Sheffield's defensive stats, particularly in his early years, were quite poor. While he eventually became a decent outfielder, this weakness hurt his overall value compared to all other Hall of Famers. 
Reason number three, crowded ballots. During Sheffield's eligibility years, the ballots were often overflowing with other strong candidates, making it difficult for him to stand out and garner enough votes for induction. Reason number four, personality. Some voters also consider Sheffield's personality, which could be described as intense and sometimes confrontational, as a factor against his case. This intangible element, while debatable, has likely swayed some votes. In an interview with Brett Boone on the Brett Boone podcast, he stated that he had a great relationship with reporters after games. Reason number five, career life. Despite a 22-year career, Sheffield didn't reach some traditional magic numbers associated with Hall of Famers, such as the 3000 Hit Club or the 500 Doubles Club. While his counting stats are respectable, they might not stack up as convincingly to some voters. Reason number six, Arrows Committee versus the BBWAA. With his BBWAA eligibility exhausted, Sheffield's path to the Hall now lies with the Errors Committee. This group of baseball experts re-examines the case of players who didn't make it through the traditional voting process. While his chances are uncertain, his strong offensive numbers and complex PED situation might receive a more nuanced analysis in his setting. In conclusion, the combination of PED, suspicions, defensive shortcomings, ballot competition, and personality factors has kept Gary Sheffield out of the Hall of Fame so far. However, with his career not considered by the Errors Committee, his chance for baseball immortality shouldn't be completely ruled out. It will ultimately depend on how his case is presented and how individual voters interpret his achievements and controversies. Well, that's the end of this episode. You can check out this episode on my website, candidsportsguy.com and all other streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. You can check out my social media pages on Twitter at Kenny underscore sports, Instagram at Kenny Sports Guy 1, and TikTok at Kenny Sports Podcast. Until the next episode, see ya and be well. Sports Guy Podcast.